What would you do if you were given $1,000 today? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hey, welcome in. It's Christmas week. Well, we're going to take a little bit different turn because it is Christmas week. Going to have an abbreviated session today. I want to talk about two things. I got a whole lot of questions in the queue that we'll come back to right after the first of the year. Great questions in there, the typical kind of career things that we deal with. But today, I want to deal with just two things. One is, how would you like to be a paid Santa? Do you know there are people doing that? And it's not just a you know two-week gig around Christmas. It's a full-time career to be a Santa. I wasn't really even aware of some of the things that they're doing, but I'm going to share a little bit about that just as a point of interest. You know, we talk about interesting careers, and that's probably one that most of you have not considered, and it may be a possibility for some of you, but I love those things that are unique opportunities, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And then the other thing, based on the question that I just asked there, and that is, what would you do if you were given $1,000 today? How would that change your life? I posted that recently, got some really interesting responses. I want to share that. And then we're going to wrap up with a question for you where I want your wisdom, your input, got some gift boxes ready to send out for the best input. So I'll be telling you about that. And we're going to go through this pretty quickly. So their quotation for today comes, it's actually one of mine. I was looking at quotations, came up with this one, and it relates to where we are here at the end of the year. And it's this. So this is Dan Miller. Review your goals for the new year, what you'd like to do and have. Then go back and shape them based on who you'd like to become this next year. So the call to action is, who are you becoming in 2019? Not just what are you going to do or what are you going to have? Who are you becoming? And as you become more, then you have the opportunity to do more and have more. Well, our business partner today is FreshBooks. You hear me talk about them often. Uh, just yesterday, my bookkeeper was in here. She said that doing my books gives her a headache because there's so many pieces to it. Now, we're not a big Microsoft, Boeing, McDonald's kind of business at all, but uh, there's a lot of moving pieces. And And part of the reason there's so many moving pieces is because I have so many different income streams, so many different sources of income that come in. So Bonnie has to put them all together. Well, that's why I promote FreshBooks because having things put together on the front end certainly makes her job easier. And we're talking about the fact that because of the complexity of uh, my growing business, she thinks she ought to charge me more. So we're talking about that. That's perfectly fine. I want to pay her what the value is that she's providing, but uh, having the details in place certainly is a help. So if you're an entrepreneur, you've got multiple streams of income coming in and you've been listening for a couple of years. And so you got some little side hustles going on. Yeah. Keep your books straight. That's why FreshBooks was created. It was for people like you and me. They make cloud accounting software easy to use. So it's not overwhelming at the end of the month to do the paperwork, to bring it all together in those nice, clean balance sheets 
and profit and loss statements that you want to have in place. So then you can do your annual taxes. You know where you stand. You don't have to wait till the end of the year to see if you've made any money. You want to know. You want to know all of that. FreshBooks can help you do that. Get your invoices out on time. Get paid on time. I mean, that's always cool. I see money coming in instantly. And I think, whoa, it's because they just got an invoice and they paid it immediately. Well, you can get a unrestricted 30-day free trial. You know the deal. Go to for, for, go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days, then enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. Make sure you got your stuff in place. You're lined up, ready to start the year. Well, let's talk about this business of being a Santa for a little bit. This is just for whatever it's worth category, but it, it will prompt our thinking about those things that become, that can be a real career that you may not think of otherwise. I mean, people like the lady who carved the beautiful Aristotle in a cedar tree here on our property that you hear me talk about and many of you have seen. Now she could sit down at the, the park on Saturday mornings, you know, and whittle bird, little bird whistles or something if she wanted to. No, she took that skill and turned it into this amazing ability to release these sculptures out of big blocks of wood or standing trees as she did here on my property. Those are the kind of things sometimes we don't think about turning into a career. Well, Santa has been that way for me. Yeah, you see Santa at the mall. Joanna and I were just in Chicago in the in Macy's and what used to be Marshall Fields and all. And you see Santa's and you think, well, that's a nice gig for a week. And then what else they do the rest of their life? No, they're these guys that do nothing but play Santas. Now, here's here's where it, it gets even uh, more involved. There are people who recruit Santas. That's all they do is they stroll through malls and places where there are a lot of people, and they look for guys who look like they have the makings of a professional Santa. So they may have kind of a portly belly and white hair, white beard, maybe already gone. And they approach them. They recruit people heavily because there's that much demand for Santas. Now, they recruit them because there are then training schools that you pay to go through, just like getting your your professional um, certified driver's license, drive a truck, I suppose. You go through school to become a Santa. And in there, you learn what to do. You learn all the things that are expected of a Santa. You learn how to use a special purple shampoo to keep your white hair from yellowing. I mean, you don't want to have, you know, your white hair will yellow. And that, so they teach you how to keep it really, really crystal clear white. Beard bleaching 101, you go through. And then the art of positioning a child on your lap. I mean, you don't want a kid to straddle your leg like a horse. You know, and, and these days you have to really be careful. I mean, of course, companies that want to be really careful about potential lawsuits, you know how crazy that world is. So Santas wear white gloves. The white gloves make it really easy to see their hands and you want to make sure that your hands can be seen. Both hands can be seen at all times. It's just one of those little things that they learn. Now, one of the Santas says, if you're at a big mall, you might see upwards of uh, 3,000 kids a day. And with each one, the mom and dad want three to five pictures. So you might be looking at over 10,000 bright flashes a day. He says, when you get off, you can hardly see. 
Well, they're also, you know, not every little kid is happy about being on Santa's lap. So you have to wrangle those kids to get them in position for that three minutes so mom and dad can take some, take some pictures that they're happy with. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a real, real job. Uh, one of the Santas says that uh, one time a six-year-old headbutted him, split his eyebrow wide open, blood ran down on his beard, down on his white lapel. So now he's smart enough that he has three extra suits with him all the time for backup. Another Santa says you get sick every season. Does, you know, with all those kids, it's almost inevitable you're going to get sick, but it doesn't matter if you got a 102 fever, tis the season, you got to be there or you don't get paid. So these guys make this a real deal. Now here's, here's where it makes sense as a career, a steady mall or corporate gig that may just involve like six weeks of work, but it may be two to 300 hours, typically is going to pay 10 to $15,000. Doing home visits can get you um, two to $350 an hour. And there are people, industry all-stars like uh, Los Angeles-based Santa Ed, who has a salary of over $100,000 per season. He's just that good, that popular. Now, what happens is it's hard to clone yourself. So some of these Santas that have realized they get a lot of requests. I mean, if you do a really good job of positioning yourself, you may get 20 requests for the same day. Well, that's an opportunity just glaring at you, screaming at you. What if you recruited other Santas yourself? and started your own booking agency. So there's a lot of those out there, HireSanta.com, other places like that. You can go check it out on Facebook. You can find groups. You can just search. I just searched Franklin, Tennessee, Santa, and some names came up, guys guys that I know, guys who are doing this. Well, recently there was a Santa on Shark Tank who has put together a roster of over a thousand Santas and other Santa professionals, Mrs. Claus, elves, those kind of people. So he's put together a really robust business, went on Shark Tank, and Barbara Cochran invested $200,000 in exchange for 10% of his company. Now that means the company, that, that puts a $2 million valuation on the company at that. But uh, she was impressed that all the Santas that came in were so jolly and well-mannered, the kind of people you'd want to invite into your home. So this is a real-time deal. Now, I looked up a couple guys that I know personally, and I know, I know two guys personally right here in Franklin, Tennessee, who are full-time Santas. I mean, you recognize them. Any, it can be the middle of July, and you recognize them as Santa. That's what they do. And there are corporate events there are things pretty well scattered throughout the year at this point where they can get some work and they do voiceovers as Santa and those kind of things as well. But one of the guys here, and I won't give you his website, it's easy to find, but anyway, uh, I know him personally. Here's the deal. Do you think that he went to college to become a Santa? Well, no, you're not going to find that. His bachelor's degree is in sociology. So he got his bachelor's degree from Tennessee Tech University in sociology then he got a master's of divinity in systematic theology with a minor in church history. So here's a guy with a master's of divinity degree. He's a full-time Santa. Well, it kind of begs the question, you know, did he just ignore all his education to be a Santa? Is there any possibility of using his affinity for theology and ministry as a Santa? 
Well, my goodness, certainly there is. I mean, how many times are you going to talk to parents who are frazzled at Christmas time and need a comforting, encouraging word? You know, kids who are talking to you about a daddy who is no longer at home or a daddy who's overseas in the military. You know, certainly you can bring together your past experience, but it was interesting. I wasn't aware of his degrees, uh, even in the time that I've known him. Um, but interesting to see that's what he has as a background. And now he's a full-time Santa. Well, that was the first half. We're going to do one other short piece and we're going to wrap it up. It's going to be a, uh, going to be a short podcast today. This is holiday week. I expect you to be spending time with family, uh, not to just to be reading and listening to podcasts, although I increase my, the quantity of those things that I'm doing during downtimes like this, where regular work is slower and rightfully so, but those are times when I increase the listening. Well, check this out and we'll go into the second piece here I want to talk about. If I were a rich man, all day long, I biddy biddy bum. If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have Well, you recognize that from Fiddler on the Roof, a wonderful movie for this time of year or any time. If I were a rich man, what would you do if you came into money unexpectedly? Well, the question I posted a couple weeks ago was, if you were given $1,000 today to grow your business, how would you spend that money? Well, the responses came in instantaneously. I joined a mastermind. I'd get a coach. I'd buy Facebook ads from my business. I'd attend Social Media Marketing World or another conference. I'd buy inventory. I'd uh, take an Amazon course. I'd pay the entry fee to show my art, somebody said. I'd buy a better microphone, develop my website. Well, I was so intrigued by this. These kind of things that were posted as, I mean, it'd really be transformative. And these people really presented valid things they would do. And I thought, wow, if they did this with just a thousand dollars and they really believed that would give them a big boost in their business. Well, a couple of things came to mind. The first one was, man, how hard can it be to come up with a thousand dollars? Is there something you could do, especially this time of year, just as a side gig to come up with a thousand dollars to fund your business to give you that boost, that lift that you're needing. And the other thing though, that I simply thought about was I'd love to be in a position where in the 48 days community, we would be able to give these like a shark tank, where we would be able to give out these thousand dollar grants to people to help them do the wonderful things that they would like to do. Well, we've talked about this, the advisory team for 48 days, Eagles community talked about it. And my daughter quickly reminded me of the Kiva model that I'm so fond of Kiva K I V a.org. I put money in there and the way it works is then I can choose to loan that money to enterprising entrepreneurs. So if there's uh, some guy in Guatemala who wants to buy a set of tools so he can be a mechanic and work on cars, I mean, that's the kind of idea that appeals to me. So I may loan him through that fund $50. Other people will do the same. So he gets $300. He buys tools. He's off and running. And then I get notes, you know, Jose from Guatemala just paid back a dollar and 38 cents this month. 
into the fund. And I get those notes every month. Like the people paying back these little month amounts, well, then the money comes back in and then I can choose how to lend that out again. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'd love to have that kind of idea. And with that, then we would not diminish the initial amount it would keep coming back in. We could keep doing it over and over again and thus support a whole lot more people with their ideas than if we just gave it one time, one time, one time like that. So we're working on that. So I then posted in the group again, how would you propose to make that work? Is there a format for managing this process? And I'd love to have your input, podcast listeners, you're so great about giving input, sharing your wisdom, a format for doing that. Kiva.org, Prosper.org, places like that. There are certainly places out there that do that. We could model something like that, but it, it would be, you know, no interest or anything, but certainly a repayment schedule if people would be willing to do that. So then we could fund another idea. I mean, I'd like to have this grow dramatically. I'd like to have it grow where we could do that, not just once a month, but we could do it twice a month, five times a month, 10 times a month where we had that kind of fund available, but it'd have to be a fund that would replenish itself so it's not just a hole in the bottom of the bucket, so to speak. So I had people in the community like Suzanne who said, I'm curious from a management standpoint, who manages those accounts that don't keep up the payments? Well, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't have a real set format for that. In the Kiva methodology, what they do is if I, in fact, loan money to that guy in Guatemala, let's say, he's going to have to meet weekly with maybe eight other people who also got those micro loans. They have to share what they're doing and they have to share what their success rate is at making the repayment. So it's almost like a, an AA meeting or a Weight Watchers meeting where you have to get together, you share, you're going to feel the humiliation if you didn't do anything this week or if you didn't make the payment. So there's that kind of social proof, social accountability, which, yeah, we could figure out a way to do that probably in the 40 days community. Gary suggested, how about using a shark tank idea to vet the ideas? So it is a thousand dollar grant, but you would charge people to apply for that. So people could have an entry fee. So if we had $50 entry fee, and we had 20 people who presented ideas that would be a thousand dollars. And then one person would get that. I mean, that's another way to do it. That's a very reasonable way to look at it. So I got just a couple questions for you here and then we're just going to wrap up for today. But one is that if you were given a thousand dollars today to grow your business or to grow personally, how would you spend that money? I mean, it's a great thing to just think about. What would you do? What is it that you think would in fact give you an immediate lift or surge forward personally if you had a thousand dollars to spend and i love that idea and of course i want to encourage you to be investing in yourself anyway would you be willing to have one of these micro loans say a thousand dollars or we could make it 500 or five thousand dollars whatever but it would you be willing to to have used that with a repayment schedule so we can then fund somebody else's idea but my real question for you as a podcast listener, what are some ways we could make that money grow so we could contribute to more people's successes? Now, we just sent out beautiful, beautiful basket to every Eagles member. 
Now in that, it was it was a white box. It had in there three books, the brand new version of 48 Days to the Work You Love, Joanne's book, Be Your Finest Art. It's a beautiful compilation full of art itself, but how to, it, how to release your creativity and how to grow in things that will give your life more meaning to live more fully alive. And then a little book called Let the, Let the River Run, which tells the story of the life in the Christ Church community here in Nashville that happened 25 years ago where there was an entrepreneurial explosion. And out of that came businesses like Dave Ramsey's business and mine. And we're the two primary people that are talked about in that little book. But anyway, it's a story of that time, Let the River Run. So there are those three books. Then our famous 48 peppermint candies were in there. And then two beautiful Kaza necklaces that were produced through one of the ventures that my son Jared had in Kigali, Rwanda, where the ladies there made these beautiful beaded necklaces. So there were two of those. So that's with the box that went out. I have three of those sitting here ready to go. And I'm going to select three of the best ideas for growing that fund for having a thousand dollars that I'm certainly willing to put in initially, but how we could use that to fund people's ideas, but not deplete the money, but have it grow over time so we can do that repeatedly. So that's the question. Just send, as always, send your response in to askdan at 48days.com. So that's the deal. Send it in. Also remind you of our free resource today. That is the goals worksheet. If you haven't done that yet, now certainly the time to get that in place before the year starts, 48days.com slash goals. You can go there. Well, this is Christmas week. We want to honor that. Remind you that this is a time to be spending time with family, just uh, reflecting on what's happened during the year. You can reflect back on certainly what did not go well. That's valid information. But then to get focused on what it is you want to go well, what you want to have happen this next year, what kind of a person that you want to become. And it's a time to spend with family and friends. To share those things together and to stimulate your own thinking. That's the power of having ideas. When we share an idea, we're not poorer as a result. We're richer. And the other person sharing an idea, you know, now we both have two ideas instead of one. It's not like sharing pennies where you share a penny and you have nothing. The other person now has two. No, that's not the way ideas are. Well, this is a time of year to be sharing your ideas, your hope, your optimism for the upcoming year. I'm certainly fired up about what we've got in place. Joanne and I have some big personal goals outlined. We'll be sharing more about that as the year unfolds, but some things that we want to accomplish this year, I know you do as well. Well, and always thanks for being part of this community where we do share ideas and resources readily and where we do believe that we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Not only work, but we're creating lives that are meaningful, purposeful, lives that have a ripple effect where you can see the result of what what you've done in the way that it impacts other people and then second generations. I love hearing those stories about somebody that I was able to help 10 years ago, and now they're helping people. I mean, that's a second generation help wonderful to be able to do that. I know you're looking for those same kind of opportunities. Have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year.